Greetings, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Hire It Geek Podcast, episode number 55 with Melissa Ruiz from SwiftKick, uh, friends of the show. Uh, I talked to Melissa before uh, on the Student Affairs Collective podcast uh, once, so I'll link out to that chat just to have a little context for her journey. Uh, it's a unique one to being a lead facilitator with SwiftKick. Uh, a really interesting story that I pre- appreciate her sharing just uh she's really great to talk to um and just uh, a lot of fun so i'm glad i could have her on and uh, help continue to spread the word of the good work that swift kick is doing um so definitely connect with them uh, we'll include everything as usual that we talk about in the show notes um but uh thanks for listening and without further ado this is episode number 55 with melissa ruiz well because no, i think that's for me like i mean and I think this might be something that we get into and explore more deeply in terms of like your professional journey, like what you enjoy about, about your work now, but like the idea of like the quality of life of like a job where, you know, I do certainly miss being on a campus that I'm still now in this sort of like outsider, you know, vendor role, you know, like they haven't really, I think, reconciled that well enough for increasingly the people who work kind of adjacent and with campuses and stuff like that. So like, I certainly feel like there's part of that and like, you know, now it's like I'm trying to figure out a new routine of working remotely and not having the structure of an office and people to socialize with and all that. But it was still like it checked off so many boxes in terms of the quality of life for one, choosing to live in Baltimore, but then two, like, you know, not having to commute. And that was like, okay, realizing that that was like essentially at least like 10 hours per week that I was just gone, you know, like I couldn't yeah. do anything else except be driving and maybe listen to a podcast. But, you know, <laughs> even that it's like I, I reached my limits, but um so it's like, yeah, just like the quality of life for the flexibility and remote and um, yeah, just like so many things. So it's just, it's been nice just for that quality of life with this job, but then like the job itself and the organization is like, yeah, it's been, it's been great. So um, awesome. yeah, it's like definitely, a, I think it is just being in this space. I've learned so much more of like all the different people that do stuff like, I mean, speaking or consulting or just working in all these different like organizations and companies and, you know, all the, the kind of ed tech people and those sort of things so um yeah it's cool just seeing more of that landscape than i was aware of when i was like in grad school and that sort of thing but um yeah yeah it is a different world yeah um yeah so i mean if you just want to kick off with kind of introducing yourself and giving a brief introduction and kind of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today and i think uh We'll also link out because I know we, we talked before uh, for a podcast. So I was like, I've had a lot of like return guests for me that like, you know, it's cool kind of picking up again in a couple, you know, a couple of years since I last typed on for a podcast. So I'll link out to that old episode too, if people are curious, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, just give your introduction and the kind of brief overview of your professional journey. Uh, so yeah, me, my intro. Uh, so my name is Melissa Ruiz. I am a speaker, a lead facilitator with a company called Swift Kick based out of New York City. And I think I took the weirdest route to public speaking than, uh, than, than my peers. <laughs> I started off in residence life when I was in college. I did my undergrad at Rutgers University. And I was very much not involved my first year. And all of a sudden, my second year, my sophomore year, I found myself saying yes to a million different things. Um, And that's how I became a resident assistant. Uh, When I went on to my master's degree in social work, I was a graduate hall director. I remained in residence life for a few more years, transitioned to another school and was working um, in orientation. And then my last school that I was working at was uh, in academic advising, well, really holistic advising. 
Uh, and for a long time, people would, would look at me and be like, oh, you're a res lifer or you're student affairs for life. And an opportunity came up to see what the world of speaking had to offer. And I interviewed and I, I went through all of the challenges of, of you know, what, what's, it, what's it really like to transition out of higher ed in a traditional sense and mm-hmm. go on to the speaking side. Um, and that's how I ended up here. And that was about three and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, cause I forget when exactly we had spoken before for the podcast, but yeah, I mean, if I was looking at your LinkedIn, just like, well, how long has it been? It's like, yeah, three years. That's like, that's a solid amount of time. And I think, um, you know, we'll get into, I guess, like what is, I think like keeping you, you know, inspired and motivated to kind of keep out that work and everything. But in terms of like, you're, you know, coming up and being a resident assistant and, and being at Rutgers University where I did my graduate work. Uh, so special place <laughs> in my heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, do you feel like there was certain things? Cause like you said, like it was maybe like a non-traditional path towards being a speaker. Some people it is like, Oh, that's always been a life goal of mine. You know, like they always are kind of like striving towards that and maybe trying to build skills and experience towards that ultimate goal. But I guess anything maybe now like in retrospect or just, things generally you feel like your college experience like what did that give you personally and or professionally that kind of still resonates today I think it has a lot to do with and this might sound strange a little personality quirk of mine I enjoy telling people what to do Mm. (laughs) (laughs) um and I think it, it it just comes from growing up I was a dance teacher um Uh, There's that coaching aspect, I think, of my personality, and I love helping people. And when I was in college, as far as my education was concerned, I was going to be a psychologist, I was going to get my PsyD, and I was going to help people. And I remember being in a college fair and talking to an advisor and letting, you know, we were going back and forth, what do you really want to do? And I just remember him saying, if you want to get out there and help people tomorrow, if, it, if you want this to be something that happens sooner than doing the, the research part, he's like, go for your master's in social work. You can do direct practice. You don't have to research and, and write all the things and do all the things that lead up to it. This is something that in two years you know, you could be out there in the field. And I, I just did a deep dive into what is this, <laughs> this magical way that I can see clients and not necessarily have to do this ID. It's a lot of legwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I was like, no, I don't, I don't want any of that. Um, but that, that was the goal is how, how can I help people? And at that point I thought that's what it looked like. And I realized that at looking at all of the connections that I had made, the relationships with advisors, uh, that the the kind of the inquiry that they were giving me as to what I wanted to be, I was then spitting back at people. So getting my master's in social work at the time, it just made sense. When he offered that as a suggestion, it just kind of clicked. And so coming out of Rutgers, I think two things stand out are the connections with advisors that I made on campus after that first year of not doing anything on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something about Rutgers, and I was on the New Brunswick campus, that just teaches you how to hustle. It's Maybe it's the go-go, it's New York City, you're an hour from New York City, uh, but people are always doing amazing things. And when you start to learn what they're working on or what they're getting certified at or what they're, you know, they're taking lessons at, it just, it adds that underlying drive of, I have things to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So looking back on my time there, there was just amazing 
students and amazing faculty and staff that were just hustling. And uh, that was part of how that kind of fed me of of whatever it is, however I'm going to help, I want to make sure that I can do it and do it well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, just being there for two years as a, you know, that was the only time I spent there as a grad student, like, I definitely felt that myself. Like, that's what I kind of put myself out there to um, uh, work with Tom there at Swift Kick and, like, kind of get, like, these sort of side projects going and everything, which I'm, like, eternally grateful for him of kind of uh, helping to give me that opportunity. And, um, yeah, I mean, just, like, because, yeah, there's so much, like, anybody who's gone to, like, a big state school, like, Rutgers, New Brunswick is kind of the flagship campus of, like, the uh, New Jersey State University system. So, like, there's a lot happening there. And, like you said, New York is really close. Like, there's just so much happening there and around and yeah it's just the sort of energy that's there that's really really cool and yeah i think can sort of just instill that as like a value um for people yeah, who are there and, no matter what they do yeah like anything yeah it's do. it starts right at orientation and you see how massive the school is and how many students are there and you just kind of i had the, i remember having this this feeling of feeling really small but then once i made those those different connections and i met certain groups on campus i was like oh i can do this mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And I, yeah, that I think that's what shapes it for a lot of students. And here at Swift Kick, we talk about that now is that rather than just going to class and going back to your residence hall room or going back to your car to go home, stick around on campus because you'll you'll start to see and meet those people that will all of a sudden become your biggest cheerleaders that you wouldn't have met otherwise. Yeah. Um, well, I think that segues nicely to what you're doing now, you know, in terms of like, you know, partially just maybe helping to convey the lessons that you learned that you felt like were really valuable and, um, you know, just doing that, uh, at many campuses across the country and everything. So, you know, you've been doing this for three years now and, you know, obviously a very different role. And like you said, you kind of took this like, you know, non-traditional path uh, to it. So like, what do you enjoy now about, you know, your current work that you've been doing for a while and like kind of what's keeping you motivated, um, with that? Yeah. Um, uh, first and foremost, I know when I say that I'm a speaker and I travel the country, people just look at me and say, ah, I could never do that. You're always on an airplane. Uh, and I, I feel like such a, a jet setter when, when I'm on an airplane at six in the morning and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of like a, a little brain timeout. Um, you know, phone is on airplane mode. You have to disconnect in that time, um, which feels good. Uh, but as far as the work itself, I love getting to meet people that are at different stages, uh, in their development. And it's incredible to see. So I work primarily with college students and Tom is working with more and more corporations and getting to come into a group of students that, you know, whether or not they whether it's a fundatory <laughs> event mm-hmm. or they're leaders already on campus or they're seniors on their way out, there's just this expectation and this hope as they're sitting there of whatever's next for them that they don't even know is on their brain that they're emitting in the room. And they're all at different places, they're all at different stages, they all had different paths that got them to where they are. And in that moment, in that hour keynote, in that eight hour training, in the two day retreat, just these these walls start to come down and they realize that there's something special about this particular group of students. And it's partially my job to get them to that realization. But it's also something that just naturally comes out of each of them. They start to look around the room and realize, okay, I, I, get, I get it. You know, this is what my advisor has been working so hard to bring out of us, bring, bring out in us. Um, and 
a lot of times students will find someone else in the room that they have something in common with. They'll find someone else in the room that went through the similar, a similar or the same struggle that they may have already gone through or are still in the middle of. And because our talk is so interactive and we give out free hugs and we allow those moments of vulnerability, just seeing students go through the, oh, I don't think I want to be here. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. Holy crap, we have that in common. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and you just see the changes happen in their face is very similar, I think, to what my educational goals were before it was to help people through counseling. Whereas I, you know, could have asked the right questions in that hour session, but in these trainings, I get to see students experience and change right before my eyes, which is, I, I think, the the most special part about uh, what I get to do. Very cool. Um, yeah, and I think it's interesting too that like sometimes it can work either way of like you're saying, like kind of seeing people through different stages and stuff where like you said, it could be, you know, somebody who's about to graduate or somebody earlier on in their college career. So like, you know, it can sometimes be helpful to have like that near peering to help somebody along. Or if everybody's just kind of like starting out from scratch kind of thing, and then it's like, you're all going through it together. So it's just like, yeah, like whatever the kind of the makeup of people that you have, I think, you know, um, having seen the training and stuff, like it is, it is, it's like really cool. I think like the way that you're all are kind of coming at stuff and, um, yeah, the idea that you can still just help people, you know, in a different way. Like it's just almost like a different modality, you know, or different delivery method of, um, you know, how you're doing it and conveying, like I said, those lessons that you've learned. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, dance, dance floor theory is, you know, the name of the, the training. And it's something that if, when you really break it down, it's, we're all in different places and we can all get to where we want to be. Sometimes you just need a little bit of help. And we introduce the concept of humans need humans. And when you walk into a room and you have those freshmen that are completely scared and like, what am I doing here? Their eyes are wide. And you say humans need humans and they nod their head and they look around. You realize, you know, that's that's a transformative moment for that person right there when they realize, you know, they don't have to do college alone because um, college is scary enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I know I like, Cause I think Tom had mentioned like a story, like it sort of captured that lesson of like, cause it like, you can technically do things alone, like, like, but you don't have to kind of thing. Like you could go through yeah. like, especially in modern life, like we're kind of contouring around the idea of like, oh, I just don't want to have to like deal with people, you know, but it's like, you shouldn't just like willingly always just like avoid that. It can be like nice to be like, oh, I'm going to get a cup of coffee and I can like, you know have a little chit chat with the barista or something, you know, versus like, I'm going to like order it or like, you know, not have to talk to somebody or do it. I'm going to order it online. Right. Right. Yeah. Mobile order. <laughs> just go pick it up. And just, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And the, it all goes back to that quote. And I, I can't remember where it's from, but if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with people. And that's, that's exactly what it is. You just, you learn more, you, you create your own language. You have your inside jokes you can look back and laugh. There's just so many more opportunities to, to opportunities to grow as a person when you do it with other people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll link out. Um, I mean, just obviously for ways to uh, connect with you, but then also yeah, connect with uh, the work that you're doing there at SwiftKick, and um, so folks can check out that stuff. Um, but then I guess depending on how your brain, uh, you know, how you want to kind of approach this because some people take it more like professionally some people take it more personally and you could do I guess like either or both but like 
of course, you know, so we've done kind of your college experience and your journey and everything. Um, and now for like the geeky part of it. So like, I know you do a couple of different things on the side um, in terms of like, like fitness stuff or whatever. So like, yep. I don't know if that's where you kind of, you know, like where you want to take this, but like, what are you geeking out about? Like right now is like, is it stuff that you've always been into or some stuff that you're discovering? Like that's newer to you. Um, yeah. And I guess just explore that a little bit. We'll see kind of like what, what that's kind of like giving you. Yeah. Um, I, I, a geek from birth, <laughs> uh, I tend to find those things that I really enjoy and then just binge. Mm. <laughs> um, what as on the professional side right now, we are actually working on our second book here at Swift kick and it is the dance floor theory book. So how your engagement, wherever you are in a corporate office on a college campus, how your engagement of where you're at, how do you get to the center of that engagement? And we've been, you know, uh, diving into all of the, uh, the statistics and Gallup polls and, you know, people that are unhappy at work take more days off and people that have friends at work tend to be more productive and we're finding all of these stats. So on the professional side, that's, that's definitely one of the things we're, we're geeking out with as a team here. And it's just amazing to get into some of these statistics and go, huh, that, that makes sense. Uh, and then how that applies to dance floor theory and what connections can we make and what does that paragraph look like? Uh, so I, I never thought that I would be an author. I toyed around with it as, you know, I, I used to do pageants back in the day and, um, our friends group would, would joke that we need to write a book about this. Mm. <laughs> uh, and I always thought like, yeah, if I wrote a book, that's what it would be about. But coming to Swift kick, I'm now in the middle of our second, um, opportunity that makes us all published authors, which is kind of cool. Um, on the personal side, as you mentioned, um, I, I am a certified, uh, personal trainer. I have my own boot camp that is called the people's boot camp here in New York city. And it is the only, pay what you can boot camp um, here in New York, which I think is important because it provides access to fitness for everyone. No matter your financial situation or obligations, you get to have a really good, hard workout. That's been something I've been uh, working on for the past four years. Uh, so that's just something it's, it's always been my not side hustle, but it's, it also just feeds back into that. How can I help people? Um, and the mission and vision just clearly aligns with helping people get to whatever their fitness goals are without having to break the bank because an average class here is anywhere from 40 to $50, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, those are the, the two big things work and then more work, <laughs> <laughs> Working uh, out, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're they're filling my brain at the moment. Yeah, well, and I think that's really cool because I think it's definitely you know one thing that was almost freeing for me in terms of like creativity, producing content is a lot of what I do right now for like side projects is like um, I'm forgetting which book precisely had it in there, but it was the idea of like. Um, uh, like nothing's original anymore. Like a lot of it's just people kind of mashing up ideas or like connecting dots exactly. and that sort of thing. Like you said, it's like, Oh, I'm finding polls that sort of like, Oh, that makes sense. But actually like this kind of makes sense with it and all that, like you're connecting dots and sort of serving it up in a way that, you know, just 
is perhaps more palatable, you know, or it's like, there's all this information, but it's, it's like, okay, here's this package of this book that sort of is going to, you know, uh, put it all together for you in a way that makes sense and kind of weave together all these disparate th- threads and stuff. So I really like yeah, that. Yeah. The, the information as it stands can be overwhelming, confusing, or, or you just look at a statistic and say, okay. <laughs> right. What does and this mean? Yeah. What does this mean? What, what the opportunity we've been given um, with dance floor theory is to say, okay, here's how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Or here's how to recognize that it might be happening on your team. Um, and that that's a cool part is to be able to develop solutions to these overwhelming statistics that people have been studying for every, for forever uh, and, and be, able, be able to say, oh, we found something that will work. We found something that can help your team be more productive, create more connections so that people don't just show up to work and then go home that there's, there's other moments, there's other opportunities for people to create those connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. I mean, just the idea of like, yeah, like how to recognize it and what to do about it, you know? So it's not even just like one or the other. Cause yeah, it could be somebody being like, Hey, we just did this survey here are the results. And it's kind of just like, well, that bums me out because like not a lot of people do a thing or too many people do it. You know, like you're just kind of yeah. like, all right, well, <laughs> like go on with well, the life, I guess. You. Yeah. Yeah. It just bummed me out with the statistic, but, um, yeah. Well, that, and then the other thing too, I think it's really awesome because like, I mean, not somebody who like, like I need to be more regular at the gym, but just anecdotally, I feel like in the world right now, like, you know, or in the US, I guess at least like there is like all these like very like high-end boutique, you know, like classes and gym, whatever, like you have to pay like a huge premium and I'm, you know, I'm sure many instances it's worth it. And some people that's, you know, just how they would prefer choose to go about it. But like, bringing kind of like your social work lens to just being like, no, we should make like, you know, high quality, like fitness accessible, you know, like people can get like something that's like, especially like high intensity, like you're really trying to like, you know, get yourself in shape and, you know, do right, you know, do the right thing. But it's like, well, yeah, I can't afford the, you know, these like different uh, classes or, you know, gyms and those sort of things. So um, my hope would be that, you know, perhaps it's going to like kind of, uh, equalize that there's maybe more options of different tiers you know in different places versus just like um yeah like you know because i think like i know like soul cycle or certain people that like swear by it but i'm like i, I don't know how yeah. much i guess exactly it costs but it's like that's not what's going to be like the best for everybody just in terms of the price point or whatever you know like those sort of things so that is really cool that you're you know committing to you know uh, you know making those sort of things more accessible so yeah. yeah and and when people commit to something i think awesome you are moving your body you are producing endorphins you are looking good you are feeling good and those two things feed back into each other and own it go for it but i know that i have people where i've done like pop-ups of class or done community classes that are free that people can get to know the workout and see if it's something for them i have people come up after class and we'll say, thank you for being a donation-based or a pay-what-you-can class. I'm a college student, and I'm paying my way through, and I can't afford you know, the, the crazy fitness in New York City. Mm-hmm. Most recently, I had someone come up after class who was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis, and she is out of work on disability. And so, so a fitness membership for $100 or $500 a month is simply not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think of people like that of, I want to move, how do I feel better? 
but I don't have the money to do it. That's, that's who I'm serving. That's who I'm, I'm looking for. That's who I want to, to look them in the face and say, you still deserve to be fit and healthy and look good and feel good. Um, and here's a way that we can make that come to life. Yeah. Well, cause too, I know like there's also like a lot more, um, like digital fitness content out there as well, which mm-hmm. like can be nice, but it's like also the idea of like, you know, you're doing it like live. It's like, you know, it's the same idea of like humans need humans. It's like, you're there to help them like bet, in person yeah. <laughs> with this stuff versus just like, Oh, I'm watching like recorded, you know, fitness video, which is just like, yep. like back in the day, they just, you know, would ship you like a VHS tape. And now it's just like, Oh, I could just like stream it or whatever. It's like, that's great. Like that's another option. But yeah, I mean, especially with fitness, I feel like that's something that would, you know, lean a lot more towards like super valuable to have somebody there to like help, you know, help you through it in terms of just like motivation or like, Oh, you need to like adjust yourself this way. So you're not like, you know, hurting yourself or something. So. Absolutely. um, Yeah. And and it does go back to the community piece at the end of all of my classes. I tell them, turn to your neighbor and give them a high 10, tell them they did a great job. Mm. And it's, it's not a lot of classes do that. Some people leave early. They don't stay for the stretch, you know, but I'm like, no, we're going to, we started together. We're going to end together and we're going to congratulate each other for working hard, sweating hard and it's funny to look back on how fitness and my professional day day job, if you will, um, align about this concept of community and making connections, making human face to face, look somebody in the eye connections. Uh, and it's the same message. You work hard next to these people all day at work or for the 45 minutes in your workout. Yes. Let's acknowledge that they were there with you. Let's give them a high five, a fist bump, a hug, and say, good job. And we, we lose that a lot. Um, and nowadays with social media and those connections start to diminish. And if even in a 45-minute workout class, you can be reminded that the person next to you is there, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was also working really hard along with you, you know, I hope that, that they then take that to their day job. They take it to their family. They take it wherever it is that they go. And they start sharing that community with folks as well. Yes. Yes. Um, very good. All right. Um, well, I guess then we'll move to see, um, you know, maybe in relevance to any of these things is maybe you're like researching for the book or um, I guess anything else just kind of just going on with your with your life. But um yeah, I always like to include stuff in the show notes in terms of like what people are reading, watching, and or listening to. So, um, yeah, anything that you'd like to kind of give the tip of the hat to that we could uh, include in the show notes. Of course, I um, I feel like I somebody just hits go a lot of days, and I just don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so on the days where I can, you know, get home early and unwind properly, um, I love the show Madam Secretary. <laughs> it's it's not an obsession. Um, however, I have not missed an episode. <laughs> um, there's just something about that. And, and it's not because it's politics, because we tend to be in a very political time right now. Um, there's just this, I, I think of it in millennial terms of like hashtag goals. <laughs> mm. There's just relationships that you see on the show of, of husband and wife. And you're like, yeah, that, that's so good. Or brother and sister. And, and boss and it, all of the relationships there are just well thought out. They fight well on camera. And I know it's a TV show. And of course, it's all going to work out at the end. Uh, but I just think it's a smart show. And it's something that definitely helped me helps me unwind at the end of a, a long day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am also an avid audio booker. 
Um, the commutes in New York City can be a little crazy with a lot of walking and then subway and back and forth. So it's hard to just read a book without slamming into someone and maybe getting cursed out. So audiobooks have been my go-to. Um, right now I'm reading uh, Upstairs, well, listening to Upstairs at the White House, um, mm. My Life with the First Ladies by J.B. West. Um, and it's, it's kind of cool to, to take yourself back, um, talking about stories with the Roosevelt's, um, and how they, the first ladies interacted, um, the Trubins, the Eisenhower's, the Kennedy's, the Johnson's. So just kind of going back, uh, a little bit in history with former presidents and what was it like upstairs at the white house? So those are the kind of things that, that bring me back to earth, make, remind me I'm a, a real person and that, Yes, it's New York City, but I can slow down and I can read someone's words or listen to their words about a completely different experience than mine. Um, and TV shows like Madam Secretary, books like this one um, tend to do that for me. Very cool. Um, yeah, and I think like it is, if you're watching it week to week and not missing an episode, like that's, that's an accomplishment in itself. I mean, even like the... Because I know they kind of count it this way for like TV ratings. If it's like if you watch it on demand like a day or two later, it's like because there's certain shows where I'm like, yeah, that means I like it a lot. If I'm like keeping up yeah. with it, even <laughs> even like just watching it on demand like a couple of days after the fact, like because uh, like for me, like The Good Place and Crazy Ex Girlfriend, like those are yeah. ones that I'm like, and I can also like share them with my wife. So it's kind of like a you know time for each other kind of thing. But yeah, it's kind of like a further you know, sort of a mark of respect for me is that I'm like, I'm keeping up with this one because there's been certain shows like, unfortunately, like all the like CW, like DC shows, I've like fallen off terribly with them, but it's like, they're they're also getting very long in the tooth. So I'm like, I'll catch them up. I catch up on them sometime. I don't know. Like they'll be there. Um, But uh, yeah. 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 You have, and well, so with Madam Secretary, I don't have, I don't have cable and I've downloaded TV stations apps for the shows that I want. Mm-hmm. This is us is also another one. Uh, Blind spot. Uh, I I have to get back on how to get away with murder. Um, but there's yeah there's just these sentiments in the shows of really really well crafted scripts, but then also that just take my head out of whatever is going on. It's almost like when you work out or, or that clarity that comes in a shower, people are like, I had this idea in the shower. Mm. Um, some of these shows do that for me too. And it's, it's, some people are like, no TV, it's such a, a time waster. But on the other hand, I'm like, no, I've, I've been able to like find solutions to problems <laughs> by seeing how these characters develop. I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no, cause I think that's for me, like I don't really care much for like reality TV and kind of like the junk it's basically like yeah. the junk food of TV where it's like, I get it. It's like some people it's like, yeah, if, you're, if that's all you're watching, it is kind of mindless and you're probably kind of just messing Absolutely. around on your phone the whole time or something. And it's like, yeah, if you're watching something, that's a good story. I think that's, it, it's the idea of like in the shower or something. It's like, I guess it maybe, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm like now like spiraling in my head, but yeah, I, I can get like, if you're watching a good story, it's going to like really grab your attention. And like, yeah, if literally you're seeing something play out and you're like, Oh, that kind of is like, providing an example or something like that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, cause I think it, it is just like, yeah, consuming good stories. That's like, for me, it's like, if you keep a, like, a healthy TV diet, it's like, it can be really, you know, really cool just to like go through these like well-crafted stories and stuff. So yeah, um, you learn a little, you, you laugh yeah. a little, you cry a little, if it's, this is us. <laughs> yeah. um, well, cause I thought like, cause I think I was spiraling with like the equivalent, I guess would be like 
shower to like junk food TV because you're like you're just going through the motions. So then you would have some idea or something, you know. So I'm like, I don't know if that metaphor works or whatever. But um, yeah, it's because it, yeah, you know when people drive, you're is... just kind of going through the motions and you'd be like, oh, I just thought of an idea for something or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, your brain is still working just in a different way. It's yeah. still it's calmed, it's soothed out, but connections are still forming between something that's in a, in a, a different world, essentially on TV. Um, but your brain is still doing its thing. And, you know, that's why good night's sleep is important. Let your brain rest and have the weird dreams. Let it make its crazy connections that it will make. Um, I'm a big advocate for sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, 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 for me, it's almost the same thing. It's, it's problem solving in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, Great. Well, uh, we'll wrap up the episode here on the optimistic note that I always like to uh, end things on. Yes. So um, <laughs> what uh, are some thing or things that you are uh, looking forward to in your job, life and or the world? So it can be any or all of those kind of categories again, but uh, yeah, just anything that you are looking forward to. Well, uh, so because I live in New York City, number one is summer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it might seem a little superficial, uh, but it has been one of those winters where it's been cold and you just think, all right, just snow already. Um, but I am ready for the world to come back to life. Uh, I'm ready for the trees to be born again, um, for skies to be actually blue uh, it has been a little bit gray here, and I definitely feel that I get my energy from what the world is doing. Uh, and it's moving a little slow right now, to be mm -hmm. very honest. It's a, it's a little slow. It's a little sluggish. Um, headaches are more frequent. Um, but there's something about that, that sunshine that comes when the seasons change to a warmer temperature. It's almost like the, the earth exhales a little bit. Um, so that's, that's definitely... I, it, not that I have a, a timer or, or a countdown happening, um, but it's definitely in the back of my head. And when I, I, I express a little bit of gratitude every day that the sun is still up and it's like 530 or six o'clock, it's not, oh, there, there she is. Right. She's still <laughs> Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, as far as life and work, um, I'm just looking forward to maybe having this conversation in another three years and seeing what's changed. Um, I don't necessarily classify, classify myself as a planner. I don't have a five-year plan. Um, I do like to take and sometimes even craft opportunities as they come. And it, it, being able to look back and see where I was three years ago, where I was 10 years ago, and now look at the relationships I've formed, new relationships that have just started in the past couple of months um, I can't wait to see what they grow into, um, and what friendships become deeper. Uh, and I think maybe that's, that's part of growing up and part of aging. You look at the people more than you look at the experiences and the things. And, um, that's, that's a big thing for me is, is what friends now will be besties then. Mm. Very good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, cause I guess too, like, because you were in New York before this job, but you've at least been in New York for the three years that you've been like, it's almost like, yeah, where it's like, I imagine like certain things are going to be the same or at least I'll be like in this location yeah. or something. So it's like, yeah, like what things are happening now that will be like rooted in, you know, several years from now. Cause like, I think about that where I'm like, I would have absolutely no problem staying in Baltimore. Like, and then I would like to be able to put in roots somewhere. I keep moving like every couple of years for like jobs or school and that kind of stuff. So, um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's like, I think that it like that'll probably have me like reflect on it. It's been it's been five years since I like kind of finished with school, like graduated from my master's, and like I don't really at this time have any notions of like enrolling in another like degree program of taking some like courses and stuff but it's like yeah it's been five years since we graduated I was like what are the next five years gonna look like you know like yeah. you know if we all come back for like a 10-year reunion or something like you know yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be wild it's, but, and that's yeah. always a fun question of what's next mm-hmm. and some people that they, you know they plan their lives to the t is they know what's next and for me i love being able to ask that question and sometimes the answer is anything, you know, and like you said, I would love to put down roots, but at the same time, I I call it the snow globe effect that sometimes the universe just looks at you and and is like, Oh, you're cute. You think this is where you're meant to be. And then they just flip the snow globe upside down. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh crap, wait, what? (laughs) All right, let's, let's do this. Um, and yeah, but like you said, yeah, every, every couple of years, I, I feel like that that's no globe effect and that's the best part is what's next. It literally can be anything. Mm, very good. Um, well, awesome. I appreciate all that you shared and, uh, you're making time for the podcast here. And, um, like I said, we'll link out to ways to connect with you and the stuff that we mentioned and, um, link out to swift kick as well. So, um, Perfect. yeah, and I know, you know, swift kicks kind of front of the show. We've had Tom on and now you on and. Um, yeah, just always, always appreciate catching up with, uh, with both of you and, um, hearing what's going on and, uh, yeah, just, uh, thanks again uh, for your time and, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks for having me and thanks for keeping the podcast going when you can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And keep, keep at it. Good luck with the job and continued success there and come visit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the headquarters for noodle is, uh, in New York city, uh, I think the next time that I'm there, I'll have to make sure I can like pop down to uh, visit y'all. So let us um, know. Stop by. This podcast is part of the connect edu podcast network, bringing together diverse voices in the hired community. Check us out on Twitter at connect edu pod or at connect edu dot network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate review and subscribe. So you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.